Welcome to Normal Adjustments. Because not all tales are created equal, and neither are the people that tell them. So, welcome to Normal Adjustments. This is Nicole here, your host, as per usual. Today I have a very special episode, as usual. But uh, the interesting part of today is today is the first time I'm doing an episode with I don't know anything about the topic. <laughs> the expert is the other person on the phone. Uh, so without further ado, here we have Lauren. Welcome, Lauren. Hello. Hi. Uh, and then, yeah, Lauren has a chronic condition as well that she's going to explain all about it. Can you give us a little intro about yourself? Um, I'm Lauren. Uh, I live in the United States in Kansas. Um, I'm 31. I live with my husband and my four dogs. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So we're, <laughs> I'm a dog mom. I call it dog mom time for because it's a lot of work. <laughs> I really want a dog, but it's not the time to have it with like my, like my schedule and lifestyle. Although a dog during lockdown would have been awesome. Uh, yeah, so Laura and I met through the old social media platform, Instagram. Um, Lauren has been quite involved into kind of searching for people that have chronic illnesses, which is great. And um, you reached out to me a couple of months back when I kind of, when I call it, when I came out of the lymphedema closet and I was like talking about lymphedema and kind of like doing my my first initial kind of educating process when I was in Germany. Quite interesting to, it actually opened my eyes. I knew everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people out there has other things. But one of those things that really opened my eyes into, wow, like this that I'm doing, it's so relatable to other things. And I, it really wanted me, to, it, it really made me want to open up even more, not only about lymphedema, but what other type of things out there exist. And primary lymphedema itself being known as a rare disease, then I found out that there are around like 6,000 rare diseases. Yeah, there's about, I think they said, I was researching this actually the other day. Um, I did a post about it. There's about 7,000 recorded as of right now, but I mean, I guess that, that's always going on, for, you know, as they discover about it. Because I kept thinking, well, what's considered what's really considered a rare disease? You know, it's like how rare, you know, how rare do you have to be? But um, there's quite a few. And if you, you start thinking about it, I start thinking in my mind, wow, there's, these, you know, there's quite a few things that are actually considered rare. Yeah. And actually, when I when I read about because there's rare diseases day on March, no, the 28th of February. Yeah. And I think it says that the amount of people with rare diseases is like the population of out of the third largest country I think it is like it's a lot of people in the world so I mean it's a lot of different diseases all together but it's a lot of people so it's a huge community out there uh, it actually is surprisingly I, I I kept thinking to myself oh it's probably not many people but then when you really think of it it's like oh wow there's so many different diseases that fall under that and it's interesting because you meet so many different people that have quite a range of things so mm -hmm. 
Exactly. So when I started my movement and actually my idea of doing this podcast, the main idea was not only to talk about lymphedema at all. It was to bring all these situations, including all the rare diseases people. So you're the first person outside of lymphedema that I bring with a rare disease. I'm going to hand it off to you to explain what we're going to talk about here today, which is MHE, um, multiple hereditary ectosis. Yep, yep, you're correct. Um, yes. <laughs> multiple hereditary ectosis. It also uh, medically can be known as HME or MO. I, I mean, people will use those interchangeably. Actually, our, the disease itself, uh, one in 50,000 people have it. So it's, I guess, considered pretty rare within the community. It's hard to find people that actually have it. I've never met anyone in person that actually has it. That's how, I guess, rare it is <laughs> so it's a different thing but uh i guess going into the explanation of what it is because i like you said i don't think i know no one i know has ever known what it is that doesn't have it so it's actually mhe is actually an in, inherited disorder of bone growth um people who have mhe grow ectosis or bony growth on their bones that vary in size location number um Although any bone can be affected technically, the long bones, such as your legs, your arms, your fingers, toes, pelvises, and shoulder are most commonly infected, affected with the body. Out of all of those, I have all but one. <laughs> I don't have, really? don't have them technically in the fingers or toes. I have them in the feet, uh, but everywhere else on that list, I have them. So yeah, they're kind of... Um, they're kind of everywhere. <laughs> um, so the ecstosis is themselves, um, the description of this, um, it'd be a bone growth that is abnormal or different from your underlying architecture of your normal bone. Um, they are also, ecstosis are actually commonly referred to by doctors as tumors. So that's why you'll hear me so sometimes people interview them. I call them, uh, people call them bone growth or bony tumors tumors you'll hear people say a lot of different terminology sometimes with that um they actually start growing um near growth plates so um this explains why uh the growths actually tend to be near joints and they hinder motion for a lot of people and that's why mm -hmm. it starts so basically you have like the bone and the uh -huh. joint and at uh -huh. the end of the bones it's like the the bone basically there's a coding that says stop growing but it doesn't do that therefore it continues growing and it creates like abnormal yeah it's growths. Uh, it's basically like a the mutation uh gives us extra protein so it just keeps and uh unlike everyone else but uh yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> a lot of people that have MHD have a what they call limb limb discrepancy. Uh, I don't technically have much of a discrepancy. Mine are pretty similar in length and everything. Yeah, I I myself don't technically have it. Uh, my limbs are all right around the same length, and some people actually have surgeries to what they call elongate the limbs. So where they'll actually stretch your arms and legs, it's actually a very painful process because they have to put um, 
a device in and they actually crank it so that they can basically i mean that's kind of almost a thing that i guess they've been doing for a long time in history where they were trying to stretch people's limbs and stuff that is also one of the main things i guess that a lot of people have or short stature too is another thing that people yeah i read that you have these growths these tumor things that they call at the end of your bones and then what happens then like it produces pain like because it, it gets into your joints yeah so the symptoms that i have from it uh are pain uh i have a decreased range of motion not everywhere because not all of them are in a place where that would that would happen but it does it also impinges on your nerves Mm -hmm. so a lot of times they'll say you have impingement (laughs) like when you go in for a test they'll be like oh you have impingement of the shoulder you have impingement of the knee it's just basically meaning that you can't extend out like a normal person would i have i have limited range of motion um a lot of people have deformities, which is common with it because it, the tumors start coming out. And so you look, uh, a lot of people struggle when they're growing up being made fun of because you have uh, just basically tumors growing out of you. Some less um, aren't as noticeable and some people will tell you, oh, well, I would have never known unless you told me and if, unless I looked really close. But um, yeah, it does uh it does cause them to pop out of your skin. So I have them, um, you know, kind of, you can actually feel it uh, from the outside, the bones. Um, mm-hmm. It does cause that to happen. Yeah. So then it, it was interesting that you were telling me that then it, the problem, the, ma- the majority of the problem, because aesthetically it can just be there and not cause anything. But the problem is that yeah. they can grow between the joints and then limit your mobility to the extent that you get stuck. Basically, yeah, they get stuck on the tendons, the nerves, and that's when it becomes very painful. So you'll be like moving and then you'll just feel it. And it's just, it just gets stuck. You can literally feel it get stuck. And then um, there's sometimes what happens is you can permanently get stuck. So mm-hmm. you can permanently get stuck in a position and people have to go to the ER and stuff. So that's why I had my last surgery is because she told me if you keep going like this, you're going to permanently get stuck and um, it's going to be very painful and you're going to have to go to the ER and have an emergency surgery. And I said, I don't really want to do that. I've been kind of taking a risk for a lot of years, hoping, you know, I'd been taking precautions so I wouldn't get stuck. I purposely didn't do anything that I knew would uh, overexert myself, I guess, is mm-hmm. um, the terminology. So it, it, it is chronic. So once you yeah. have this mutation, it will continue happening. But yeah. um, people get multiple surgeries to get yeah. these little tumors removed because of what you say. They can be causing pain. They can be infringing movement. Yeah. Um, and how many surgeries have you had? I've had two. Um, I actually have had two in less than one year, which I'm much later in the game, I guess, for people in the community. A lot of people had a lot. Uh, my parents didn't believe in the surgeries because, uh, like anything, the surgeries are experimental. They're not, they don't guarantee you anything. They tell you, we hope that this will take your pain away, but we're not guaranteeing you anything because they can grow back. And um, sometimes they can grow back worse. And so, I mean, I've known people in the community that have had well over 30 surgeries. So um, 
you know, I guess I consider myself lucky that I, I haven't had to, I guess, go in a million times, but yeah. uh, it's a personal choice too. A lot of people in the community, some people don't want to have the surgeries. They don't want to go through that. And I totally understand that too, because it's, it's hard on your body. Um, but yeah, definitely. It's a, it's so, a risk like anything. So, Of course. And uh, what does the surgery consist of? Like, what do they do? So um, it's kind of like most normal surgeries, you know, you get put under um, general aesthetic um, and while you're under, they, uh, I guess the best way to describe it is they literally kind of like, it's like saw, basically they describe this saw, saw into you. Um, and like for mine, I, because mine were impinging on nerves and tendons, they had to move them and then go in and cut the excess off. And um, sometimes that can be more complicated than others. Like if my shoulder, it was very complicated and it took quite a few hours because they had to actually, um, where it was sitting was on my collarbone. They had to remove five tumors. And so when they did that, um, they actually had to rearrange the tendons and the nerves to my arm so they said if this gets screwed up then you could lose you know you could lose the everything with your arm uh that surgery was really hard to recover from because i had to reuse uh relearn how to use my arm and my shoulder mm -hmm. and it was very weird because that also includes your hand and you don't understand all the things that start to come <laughs> with that so it was quite a process to get all of that back after they reset everything <laughs> so and how long was that one uh surgery wise or recovery wise no when was this surgery oh, yeah. oh the last surgery my shoulder surgery was in december of 2019 okay so it was quite recent yeah it was it was quite yeah. recent i yeah that was pretty recent and then how so. much is the recuperation like how long were you in under Re, um, rehab uh, rehab for it was six weeks for that I had to go in like three times a week to get treatment and then um, I was going in uh, just basically working out my shoulder and uh, that was pretty painful that was a pretty painful rehab because there was a lot of times I kept thinking like I'm not going to be able to ever get the movement back, uh, which was actually pretty scary because they told me this is going to take you a really long time. This can take months. Of, and it, it did. It took the six weeks. But even after the six weeks, you know, they tell you, you have to still do the exercise. You have to still go so you don't lose the motion. You don't lose any of the movements. So otherwise, if you wouldn't have had the surgery, you were living with like a constant pain. Yeah, and actually with where it was sitting, I also have scoliosis and some other problems, but like it was actually causing extreme back pain. Um, mm -hmm. And it, I think it was how it was connected and everything. So I was having problems just, and most of the time actually the really the worst problem with it was sleeping. The sleeping was so painful. I could hardly move at night because it would cause me pain. Like even just laying down, um, it was just something I told him. I said, I don't think I can live with this anymore. I don't mm -hmm. think I can do this anymore. My doctor keeps telling me when she goes and she's like, I really don't like recommending surgery to people unless it's absolutely necessary. And she's like, you have to get a few of these areas done. 
for your well-being yeah you know and so, um after that surgery do you feel better yeah i feel a lot better the the only thing that comes from these surgery um surgeries is nerve damage so yeah. you don't have pain you have nerve damage it's like it's weird it's it's kind of like you're really sensitive to touch like so if i touch it it's it's like it feels like something's there like i tell people it's like a blanket or a weird feeling like something's sitting over that area where the surgery was okay. but um yeah i mean it's uh the pain is gone you know and i'm hoping that it stays away <laughs> mm -hmm. so for now it's been definitely feeling a lot better so that's really a relief the other surgery which you just had and you're actually yes. in recovery right now <laughs> yeah uh when where was that one it was on my distal femur so it's uh right on the side of my knee okay i've known i've had that tumor i mean give or take like i've known since i was a child i knew there was something wrong with my knee because i could not I, I kept saying to myself, oh, I'm just not flexible. I just can't, I can't do it. But I was like, there's a difference between this knee and this knee. Um, so I knew there was something wrong for a really long time. But in order to find a doctor, that took me a long time. So I just found the doctor that I have now last year. And so she was like, let's just start working on all the things that you're so behind on, things that need to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. the, the mobility was impinged a lot um i i couldn't even set my foot down like when i'm laying in bed and stuff i uh my right leg could be down all the way but because of the tumors the left leg was always up at a weird angle it never sat flat um and they kept getting stuck so i was in a position that whenever i tried to bend my knee to do something it just kept getting stuck and it was getting more and more painful with time oh my god so, my problems are different, but it does sound like, you know, when you're like, oh my God, I heard your body when you tell, tell the story. Well, people like us that have chronic conditions, we go through a journey to find, to the yeah. point that you're in. And I think yeah. that's very important to tell those journeys. You were born with this, but you didn't notice yeah. or you didn't know what it was yeah. until later on. Yes, that's true. Uh, you got diagnosed when, what, how old were you? I was probably about 11. I had gone in for a checkup actually at my doctor. It was just a routine yearly annual checkup. And when I was in there, uh, the nurse said to me, they were just doing their, you know, just the regular checkup stuff. And she told, said to me, uh, what she said, have you been working out? Um, but maybe just with this the left side the left arm and I said no I said no I have not been doing anything and she said well there's something wrong this left side this left bicep is significantly larger than your other side and I said you know I hadn't really noticed it because when you're a kid you don't really think about those kinds of things so um when she said that I started to kind of get freaked out. I was like, well, what are you trying to, you know, I was just calling, basically was saying I was disformed, I guess, in a way I started getting really paranoid. And she goes, well, you need to go in for further testing because that's not normal. And I said, okay. And, um, after that we were sent to a specialist. Did they do like, um, genetic testing? 
No, um, back then they didn't. Uh, the way they test a lot of us is x-rays. So with x-rays, they can tell pretty fast if you have it. Um, and they didn't even really do, I guess, extensive testing. They just did really um, the arm that they found and then they did the shoulder, which is what I knew I had, or I guess it was more obvious what I had at the time. Um, and but there really wasn't much known about it at the time so they said this is what you have but there's very few options for you yeah just go ahead and go with your life and that's it <laughs> yeah they, they told me i could do surgery but they're like oh you're so young like do you like the top telling my parents do you really want to do this this is going to be very painful um and so my parents just decided well we're not going to um do the surgeries we're just going to you know, when you're older, if you decide you want to do something with it, you can figure it out. So <laughs> I, as old as I was much older, I started to go on my own journey, but. <laughs> yeah. And so when you, from diagnosis up to kind of like in your childhood, did you experience any problems? I had minor issues. I mean, I always could tell there was things wrong with me compared to other people, but the pain did not become terrible, I would say, until I hit about my 20s it, I started to realize that I was starting to have problems and I was in denial of life for a lot of years I was like I don't want to go to the doctor I don't want to have to go through this again because I think society when you're rare and like when um, like when you're different you feel kind of like a freak <laughs> I don't know I just mm -hmm. felt so it felt so hard to even just find someone to see me. I got rejected from so many different doctors. I would call in and say, can someone help me with this? And they'd say, well, what's, uh, they would say, are the bones broken? I would say, no, the bones aren't broken. I said, this is the disease. I need help with it. And they'd be like, sorry, we can't help you here. And I got a lot of rejections like that, even just from calling in and asking if some, I didn't even get to a, uh, even a, like a checkup with someone they wouldn't even let me go that far so it's like it was pretty discouraging for a lot of years <laughs> yeah and I completely sympathize with that in a very deep level because for so many it's in, in so many levels it's like you say it's discouraging but also disheartening and yeah. you in like you say you feel like a freak and yeah. you're like what is it that I have that it's so <laughs> on, on, on yeah. not normal that that I don't get, um, I don't get a, a foot in the door on a doctor, and like that, yeah. I had so many hidden misses with doctors as well. When you have like a type of of disease like us, like a chronic, it it can be a very lonely place, uh, yeah. because yeah. then it, it it like you say, you also lose our interest of even contacting people. Like for what to be like pushed out the door again. Yeah, that's or like, I, like, you, like yes. you said, that was definitely happened to me because I would I would specifically search for bone doctors or bone clinics and they would say, well, have you had an injury? Have you had this? And I would say, well, no, because it's the disease itself. You know, I, I didn't have I didn't break anything. I'm not here because of an injury. And they're like, oh, we're only treating people that have bone like bone diseases or bone trauma for a, from an injury or from something related and i would say well that's i don't technically have it and they're like well then you can't come here so <laughs> yeah no and and it also then goes into because it's kind of mind-blowing that all these 
things exist in the world and then you have it, right? And I have my thing, you have your thing. But then the doctors out there, not in, not to their own fault, it's just a lack of education then becomes yeah. like a chicken and egg because then doctors that you think are specialists don't know about it because they've never seen one. So then it yeah. becomes even more of a lonely place when you don't find a person to help you. Yeah, it can be very sad. There was like a lot of times where I would uh, call places and I would tell, you know, I'd say, oh my gosh, you know, I think I found someone. I think I found someone. And I'd have all this, this hope and, you know, faith that I could see with someone and they just call me back later saying, well, actually we told the doctors and they looked at it and they said they can't help you. And I said, okay, I'd be like, thanks for your time. But now I'm just back to square one again, you know? Totally. And, and that happened to me so many times. You know, I've traveled the world to get the best treatment for lymphedema to that extent. Like I lived in New York City and not even in New York City that you could give me like you would. It's so it, it's so like mind blowing, like things that we kind of take for granted in terms of like we are taught in a knowledge way of like if you go to the doctor, you're going to get your results or you're like you could, you're, they're going to yeah. tell you why. And now you understand whether it exists such thing as like second opinions or third opinions, because yeah. Actually, there's not like not one source of bucket of knowledge, and like like me, you've like suffered from that, um, and that's why I like to tell like the stories of these journeys because then you get diagnosed, but then finding proper course of treatment it it did it didn't take sorry it took you until then years later to kind of like be have find doctors and a community you could relate to right. Yeah, it's definitely a long and tiring process. And like you said, there's a lot of times when you just want to give up because I'm like, mm. I, there's many times that I was just like, there's no hope for me. I'm just not going to find someone. And this is just what my situation is. Mm -hmm. And it, yeah, there's times where I got, you become very depressed because you feel like yeah. there's no hope. You know, it's like you already feel alone in your situation but then it's like the outside world makes you feel like even more alone because they're like oh well we can't you know there's there's no one here who can help you and it's like you keep hearing that over and over again and it's like oh my gosh <laughs> yeah and um in a mental health perspective which i'm a huge advocate for yeah, yeah. and um it, it just it is interesting because by turning somebody out the door, you don't realize how much harm you're doing just by saying, no, sorry, we don't take those patients. Because like you, I had all those situations in which like, I was so excited in which, oh my God, this appeared. I can go to this doctor and they can give me some yeah. type of, of information um, in moments in which I was like really struggling, really looking for answers. And yeah. the only thing that I needed was knowledge or a place in which they could tell me like, look, this is what it is. And at least a course of action or, or some tips or something to, you know, to continue on. And like you, you start, you start thinking of like, oh my God, maybe my future is that I'm going to deteriorate in this route. And I, what I'm looking at is really um, a different future with what I had in my mind for myself, right? Um, yeah. And then I, what I want to talk about, it's then your journey to kind of like looking for 
com a community because that was very important for you. Yeah, like I said, um, I've never met anyone who has it, so I kept telling myself, "There's just I'll never will meet anyone because one in fifty thousand, the chances of you meeting someone in person, like that's pretty rare." So I kind of told myself, and then last year. Um, kind of what made me come here is I had gone to a chiropractor because with that problem I was having a lot of back pain and that chiropractor did a scan and he said you have scoliosis but then he's like also you have a huge tumor growing here on your hip and I had I had taken myself to um, basically an urgent care and they did further testing and he was like oh I, I'm gonna try to find you someone he's like it's going to take me a while to find someone that can help you with your condition so that's kind of like too what what made me there and then when I had uh, started having further problems and I knew I was going to have surgery um, I my friend had told me she has a son with down syndrome and she goes the only way that I could like get through a lot of really hard times she's like is I had to go online and I just was like you know, I can search and I can find a support group online where I can talk to other people who are going through what I'm going through. And so she said, you should give it a try because it's really helped me. And so when I did that, I, I started searching. Um, first, I started with Facebook and I started meeting people from all over the world um, that had it. And it was really it was a huge relief because I'm like, this, these are the first people like at 30 years old. It's just crazy to believe that I had never known anyone before that, um, uh, that actually had it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like there's other people. I'm not alone. Even though in your mind, you know, you're not alone because there's other people that have it, but it was such a huge relief definitely to find other people and connect with other people. And I made a lot of lot like lifelong friendships through those groups. So it's definitely been awesome. <laughs> yeah. And like you, I can definitely relate with the sense of community have just, it brought life back to me. Um, because going through all those bad times and finding and feeling that you were by yourself and feeling you're alone. And even if you have people around you, even people that love you, like I am pretty aware of that. And I am so grateful for the people around me that love me and giving me support, but they don't go day to day through what you go through. And I don't like to occupy people personally with my problems. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like to pass that on and not even my family. And even though, you know, they're there to help and, but, on what your body's experiencing is it's quite unique and how it makes you yeah. feel it's quite unique yeah. right and yeah. once you can talk to someone like a one-to-one -one and say like for example for me it's like it's such a pain in the ass to find shoes <laughs> and even oh, relating yeah. on that perspective it's yeah so I actually fun too. yeah no but i can definitely relate to the shoes thing because i grow tumors on my feet and um for the longest time my mom kept saying oh i think it's because you're add i think you you don't like tight things because of this other reason and i said no it's because i have tumors growing inside of my feet not only on the tops but on the sides and they rub against your shoes oh my god uh, a lot of people don't understand like it's not just me being weird or super picky it's because literally it you can feel them. So it's like, I have to make sure that I have enough room in the shoes 
or it will hurt. <laughs> yeah, and this is what this place, this space that I, you participating now in is about because that's what normal adjustments are about. It's like these little things that we have to do to adjust our lives to live it normal. Sometimes yeah. people just take for granted. And like us, so many owners that people have to go through, it's actually opened my eyes even more so. Like, I'm not the only person with two problems. <laughs> and <laughs> we have huge problems with pants as well when you have lymphedema in your legs because of your okay. different sizes of either you have different sizes legs or they're quite swollen. So how do you fit your pants? So the moment I was able to relate um, to people around those same problems, like it was quite, when I say fun, it's like, it is fun because <laughs> you can like, Oh my God, it's, it's actually, we can, something we can actually laugh about or even our yeah. problems in stores looking for shoes. Yeah. And like us <laughs> hiding in a corner to kind of try them. So nobody <laughs> could see us. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, all those situations. So then you found your community, how, so all through social media? Through social media, yeah, I, I found quite a large group of people. Actually, I talk to them all the time. There's a chat that we're in and we try to talk to each other. Um, they're all from all over the world. Um, so it's really awesome, but we do try to have like a chat and we try to keep up with each other and try to support each other through each other's surgeries. One just had a brain surgery. Another girl just had also, she had a knee surgery on the same time I did. So it's, it, it also makes you feel like less alone too. Cause you're like, Oh, there's someone else also trying to go through recovery right now. And there, you know, you could be that support for that person. So it's like, definitely, um, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really great. It's a great feeling for sure. And like, what is the common topic? What do people ex ex express that is the hardest or, or like, what do you guys bond over mostly? I know like surgery is one of a big thing. Cause a lot of people have had a lot of surgeries. Um, I think a lot of times too, is like pain management. Like what a lot of people ask in the group, like, Hey, what do you do for this? Or has this ever happened to you? And then you know, they ask for advice. And so like, if I ever have a problem or a question, like, <laughs> I remember one of the most recent problems I had, I, I had asked in the group, I said, um, I know we've all done this, but what shower chair do you recommend <laughs> after surgery? Because, you know, I'm going to need one. And so all these people started sending out, you know, oh, here's a link here. Or this is the one I use. And so I was like, oh, okay. So it's like a lot of times it's like that. It's just advice, even about the smallest of things. It's like, oh, you know, have you been through this? And uh, like, you know, just really anything you can imagine, the, you know, people in there, you know, they're, they ask it. So it's, it's definitely yeah, and, awesome. And you can feel that um, it's not only that you're not alone, but that you're, it's a safe space to ask it because sometimes there's like an element of fear and judgment that you feel other people can pass over if by just asking that and maybe you have to go into too much detail and you don't want to. So it's great that you found that. It's a wonderful feeling and I'm very happy that you found that sense of community because it's very relieving. Uh, and yeah. have you met any of them personally? Not yet. Um, I have plans to try to meet some of us as soon as all this lockdown and everything as COVID is over. Um, I have a really close friend um, in Canada that I talk to pretty much every day. And there's a friend of ours is in England. So we're hoping to maybe do a trip over there and then meet some of the other people over there. So it's definitely, um, 
it's, you know, uh, there's a few people I've met closer to and uh, I'm going to try to also see them. But yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely exciting to think about meeting other people that, that have your illness because like you said, there's a lot of times where you think, oh, I'm the only one. Or I'm never going to meet anyone. So it's like, yeah, it's kind no, of well, if you're ever in England, then, you know, I'm also there in London. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not right yeah, now, yeah. but. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm going to try. I mean, I go to, I try to go to Europe. I would say right now it's every other year. I was just in Europe last year. So I try to go and visit people. I have quite a few friends over there. So you know, and then traveling, you meet even more people. So it's like, oh, yeah, it's like, it's just like I ask people, I'm like, hey, I'm going this time. Like, do you want to meet up here? Or, you know, so yeah, I definitely I, I'm going to be in I'm going to be over in Europe, hopefully next year. I was supposed to be there this year, but that <laughs> it didn't happen. I know it changed, it changed <laughs> a lot of our many people's plans. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you for all my information and for your honesty um i kind of want to close it out kind of in this acceptance journey and you know in this journey of finding your information which you, now you have your doctors now you have a course yeah. of, of people that support you kind of yeah. what has been the hardest to to adjust to um i think the adjustments uh definitely after surgery recovering i think um and I think honestly, too, with age, um, the thing that was harder, I think, for me, especially younger, is like just accepting yourself because over the years, um, I think there was one comment, I think, when I was younger that really hit me. Um, a girl had said when I was, I think, in high school, she said, oh, well, you're just figured. No one will ever want to be with you. And I said, I said, well, this, this is how I am. You know, it's like you either accept it or you don't like it's not really I don't have a choice this is how I was born and I think it's it's easy for people I think to to say that but it's like you have to live with it so it's definitely I've taken that uh, over the last 10 years so I've really taken to just accepting it and try not to feel bad for myself like saying you know what this is me you know <laughs> this is my situation so um, like we were speaking there's so um the, the good thing about this and the the wonderful thing about this that so many people in the world have other stuff it's not only where diseases like everybody would go through something even yeah, if it's yeah. not a disease like we were speaking yesterday um and i think i mean that clarity for me was quite um kind of changed my life and my outlook a lot. Yeah, to, for sure. To realize that in, in we're not alone, but in we're also not alone going through tough times, whatever that is. Yeah, whatever I think once I really joined the community and I started posting and openly talking about it, because for so many years I felt shame. Like, uh, I just, it was one of those things like you were almost programmed not to talk about, like, some people, very few people even knew I, I had it. They might knew something was wrong with me, but they didn't know what. Um, I just was like, you know what? I don't need to talk about this. You know, I was very private about it. And it was like a struggle that I that I had on my own. And then I, I said, like last year, I'm like, you know what? I shouldn't be ashamed of this. Um, and I started talking to other people and I'm like, well, I'm not alone because 
so many people are going through so much stuff and it's like you know you feel like the sense of community with them and it, it's just really it's really awesome it's great to meet other people that are they're also going through stuff and it's like oh you know what you're a survivor you've been through all this stuff and you know you keep going you know yeah and you get and you get um a lot of energy like i get a lot of energy and from these type of conversations and with finding other people and a lot of knowledge from learning from this type of stuff as well like i it's maybe selfishly i do this for my own benefit <laughs> for like learning a lot as well and meeting new people because i love people yeah it definitely it has given me i think like you said it's uh it's it's really amazing to learn about other people's conditions and what they're going through and like it's just to be a support I, i try to put out things out there online that are positive um put out information for other people maybe and like also like you said try to try to put you know put out other information about other diseases too you know the more i learn the more i can you know like you said maybe direct someone to someone else who has a condition maybe that they can help them they can give them resources or something like that Yeah, so. yeah, from from one patient to another <laughs> or from one yeah. human to another, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's so many people out there every time I'm like, oh, someone's like, "Oh, I have this and I'm going through these problems." And I'm like, "Oh, I have but I know this person and I also had like I had met actually two girls. I have a close friend, she had a, a TBI, traumatic brain injury. And there was another girl and I said, you know, that's how they met each other was they both had been in these accidents. And it was something that had just changed their lives. And that's how they met. And it's just such a weird, you know, like a freak accident. And then you start, you know, to meet all these amazing people due to, you know, a condition that you're going through. And it's, it's just a very, it's, I think everything happens for a reason, as crazy as it sounds, you know? Yeah, it does, right? It's like, it's a bit of a cliche, but it does. It's like, eventually when things start falling into place then you look back and you realize yeah it did happen for a reason and, and I have this life experience to kind of with me to tell the story and to pay yeah. it forward right yeah definitely that's been I think the most rewarding thing well Lauren thank you so much for being here and for taking time to talk to me uh and for trusting me with your story I really appreciate it for anybody that signed up for this like crazy project of mine um but i really appreciate having you here and telling your story and being open um because we need more of this yeah i totally agree thank you so much for having me it's been a really great experience and i i really enjoyed getting to know you and i hope we can be friends for a long yeah, time <laughs> similar. i hope to see you soon in england yes yes for sure well Thank you everyone for listening and um, stay